0: We are the narrator's three, Elisa, Lynn, and Chell, and this is Once Upon a Rewatch. Welcome to Once Upon a Rewatch, Season 2, Episode 15, The Queen is Dead. Our original air date was March 3rd, 2013. The writers are Daniel T. Thompson and David H. Goodman. The director was Gwyneth Horder-Payton, and the title card is The Clock Tower Above the Library. We begin in the Enchanted Forest of the Past, where the castle of King Leopold and Queen Ava is in the throes of birthday party preparation. Young Snow shows her mother her adorable pink birthday dress. I would kill a man for that
1: pink dress, and I do not give a toss. Who knows that?
2: I'll help you bury the body because I want that dress so bad.
1: It's so fucking it's cute. So cute. So
2: cute.
0: Queen Ava decides to bequeath her daughter a tiara that once belonged to her mother. They are surprised to find one of their servants, Johanna, wearing the tiara and admiring herself in the mirror. Johanna is startled and begins to apologize when Snow swoops in to chastise her, saying that servants don't wear crowns. Ava scolds Snow White for being a snob to Johanna and tells her that being royal does not make her better than anyone else. Alexa, play lord. And everyone is deserving of their love and respect. Damn, baby Snow has some brat energy. Seriously, though, I'm kind of relieved. She
2: was a little too eerily perfect before. Also, can you please explain why Alexa is playing you lord?
1: It makes a little more sense if the exact line that Snow says was in this. But I kept it in there because I thought I was funny. <laughs> um,
0: and we'll never know. be royals yes. or whatever.
1: Oh, yes. the royals. Because oh. she looks at her mother and goes, like that song. aren't we different? We're royals. And that's when I wrote Alexa play Lord. Oh. Queen
2: oh, okay. I didn't know that that was the Lord song. I've heard yeah. that
1: song. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's Lord.
2: Oh, okay.
1: I like her. She's good. She like came back from the dead like a fucking phoenix like a year ago. And I was all like, hell yeah, queen. Good to see you. Because she had like not done anything in like years and years and years. And then she was like, Surprise, bitches. I bet you thought you'd seen the last of me. <laughs> I just saw her on
0: Hot Ones and she was like this total boss. So I mean I knew she was a singer, but she's fantastic that- and she has really good hair. Queen Ava asks Snow why the ball is being held. Proudly, Snow White says it's being held in her honor because of her birthday. Ava corrects her saying the ball is held to honor her subjects and show that she will be a benevolent and kind leader when it's her turn to rule. After this lecture, Ava takes the tiara and places it in Snow White's hand before swooning in pain. They get her safely in a chair and Snow White comforts her mother while Joanna runs to fetch the doctor. Oh, no, Snow, being bitchy killed your mom. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Lol,
1: whoops. She was Uh-oh. like, I'll never be mean again. And that's when she learned her lesson episode over. <laughs>
0: <laughs> In Storybrook, it is Mary Margaret's birthday. And wow, could she not be more miserable? David is making her pancakes because he thinks she might enjoy her birthday more in this world.
1: I will say, since they don't immediately reveal that it's her birthday, it honestly seems like she's just really unhappy that David is trying to cook again after her repeatedly begging him not to. (laughs) Because it just seems like she's just like, oh my god, we talked about this. We talked about the cooking.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Remember all those eggshells you left in the last batch of pancakes? Never again, David. David. Never again. David, I married you because you're pretty, not because you're smart or a good cook or, you
1: know, any of those. Particularly talented. Like, I'm trying my best. (laughs) Please eat your burnt brick of a pancake, wife I love.
0: (laughs) She then notices a present on the table and tries to tell David not to get her a birthday present. He's adamant that he is not the one who sent it to her, but Mary Margaret tells him he is the only one who knows.
2: Oh, I'm
1: sure Regina knows. She just doesn't care. When she, mean, can, she potentially would send her cards being like happy day that your mom died
0: <laughs> i actually forgot what was in the <laughs> present and i was like oh just oh wait what happens is like Cora sent her something like weird or violent in a box i was expecting it's, like a heart in there or something
1: <laughs> a severed head with yeah. a card that says happy day your mom died
0: <laughs> 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 i mean honestly that would not have been surprising
1: no, no, I mean, they're on kind of a huge asshole streak right now, so I wouldn't put it past either Regina or Cora. Yeah. Uh-uh. Just be like, on top of everything, I'm also going to be real shitty to you on your birthday. Smacks their asses as they leave the room. I mean, that's what they do. It is exactly what they do. <laughs>
0: yeah. Just not at this point with this present.
1: No. But we'll get there.
0: We'll get there. When she continues to confront him, he tells her that someone else must know it's her birthday because it was left outside the apartment. Mary Margaret reluctantly opens the present to find the tiara given to her by her mother years ago without looking at the card first.
1: It did really stress her out. <sighs> did, really? Yeah, when we were watching the episode, she was just like, you open, you always, the, card you you the, card open the card first. You always open the card, you first. card first. You always
0: open the card always first. always read the
1: card first. And I just was like, oh, babe. <laughs> you
2: always open the card first. It's okay. It's okay. Breathe.
1: Breathe. <laughs> it, was, it, it, it was a, a thing TM
0: manners.
1: <laughs> I know,
0: honey. The couple looks on in amazement, realizing that the tiara was not lost in the curse like they had thought. Upon opening the card that came along with the tiara, she finds out Joanna was the one who sent it to her. This reveals uh, that the former servant was sent to Storybrooke as well. In a rush, Mary Margaret leaves to find Joanna. David kisses her, helps her into her coat, and wishes that Snow's birthday made her happier. I know, says Mary Margaret with a sigh, but we both know it can't.
2: Poor Mary Margaret, and good on Charming for being such a good husband.
0: He loves his wife. The line, I just wish this day made you happy, hurts my heart. He just loves her so much, and he wishes so badly that this could be a special day for her to feel loved and appreciated, and it's not. It
1: is sad, but also this scene is just so soft and domestic, honestly. Like, him just helping her get into her coat and her scarf is so sweet. It feels like it's one of the scenes where, like, the actor's genuine affection for each other is bleeding into their acting.
2: He helps her put her coat on, and maybe it's just me because I've been a lonely little gremlin for too long, but
1: I just think that's really sweet. It's very it's, sweet. it's incredibly sweet. It's... I feel it's, like it's one of, like, a, just, like, a very, like, a genuine, small, selfless affection act. Yeah, I was going to say, it's one of those, like, understated. hmm because it's not, like, it's not like she, like, asks or anything. He just automatically gets her coat and puts it on, like, helps her put it on without, like, needing any sort of cue. He's just, like, intuitive to what she needs. Yeah, he just wants to help her. It's, it's very... It's a hard
0: day. It's very
1: sweet. It's yeah.
2: funny because, like, when I was going through screenshots for tiny to put up the pole. I noticed that he, he helped her put on her coat in that episode too.
1: So cute. I do somewhat wonder how much of it is Josh and Jennifer like coming into it oh i I, as opposed to just being strictly like snow and charming i wonder how much of this is like things that like josh and jennifer genuinely brought to the role because they are actually incredibly in love with each other
0: like a little things that like a couple might actually do for each Mm -hmm. other yeah like if this is like for
1: example like maybe josh just does that and he just brought it into the role
2: i would not be surprised at all
0: because it's so natural
2: yeah it is very natural
0: Do you see the cute holiday pictures they posted, I think, on, like, New Year's? Oh, they're so heckin' cute. They're so heckin' cute. They posted some very cute photos.
1: Yeah, it it was on Josh's Instagram. It was very cute.
0: A short while later, David arrives at the sheriff's department. When he turns his head, a disgruntled hook knocks him unconscious with a metal pipe. Then he steals David's keys to open a drawer to retrieve his hook. He removes his prosthetic hand and reattaches his hook before departing and he just leaves his hand right there on the table hook what if you need that I mean my theory was he wanted to make really
1: damn sure that they knew it was him that did it yeah <laughs> <So> like you'll <laughs> be able to fucking tell it was me see I left the hand
2: <laughs> because like, I don't need it you. anymore
1: because I took my hook back <laughs> So fuck your hand I have my hook what a dork well yeah <laughs> <laughs> He's hot. He's not smart. It's a theme no. on this show. It's a show full of beautiful dumbasses. Yeah.
0: Meanwhile, Mary Margaret finds Johanna working in her backyard garden. They immediately embrace, and Johanna confesses she found the tiara in Mr. Gold's shop.
2: Huh. Lol. Of course she did.
0: Johanna knew it must be returned to snow. Johanna shows Snow White the snowdrop flowers she is planting as they remind Joanna of Snow because they can survive even the harshest of winter. And she was born during the harshest one of all. Keeping the garden is a way Joanna remembers and honors Queen Ava. After reminiscing about Queen Ava, they hear a noise coming from the woods. Mary Margaret decides to find out who caused it. Snow creeps deeper into the woods to discover Cora and Regina trying to dig up Rumplestiltskin's dagger. Using a map, the pair have found the supposed location of the dagger, but they are beginning to suspect this is the wrong location.
1: Which is something that Cora really could have had an epiphany about before she made Regina dig a hole for like three plus hours, to be honest.
2: Oh, but that was mother-daughter bonding time.
1: I suppose. It's it's just, it's very sad because she's doing fucking nothing. And Regina's <laughs> there in her like her little skirt and her little heeled boots like in the mud I'm digging like, and her bitch. mom's just off to the side just be like huh on second thought might not be in the right place also, like, also, in deep at that point don't both of you <laughs> bitches have
0: magic i know yes, that was yes, another thing do. that I was
1: all like couldn't you just like pointed him in like bam
0: excavate and
1: there'd be a hole
0: mm-hmm. i mean courage a few episodes ago made a whole like geyser come out of a dead yeah magic lake it is deeply funny to me because that hole is pretty
1: big at that point. So, you know, Regina's been digging that hole for like a while. Yeah. And Cora's just sitting off to the side being like, you know, this might be the wrong place, actually, now that I think about it. And it's like, you bitch.
0: <laughs> I mean, maybe she already had thought about it. She just wanted to see Regina dig in a hole for three hours. Cause oh,
1: probably. But it just she was all like, much... I'm, I'm so proud of you, sweetheart. You <laughs> dig <digged> that <laughs> hole. Look at
0: that manual
1: labor skill you have. <laughs> it just, it very I just much. Judge your technique. It very much was a wedding singer moment for me. It was something that could have been brought to my attention yesterday. Because <laughs> that's like the exact expression Regina gets when her mom's yeah. like, I don't think the dagger's actually here after all.
0: <laughs> Mary Margaret is shocked when she hears of their plans to force the Dark One to kill whoever they want by controlling him with his dagger. And Regina's just like, oh, ma... Thanks for the promise of murder. Yay, murder time. Yay. Computer and a car. Thanks, mom and dad. (laughs) (laughs) Mary Margaret arrives at the sheriff department to tell David, but she finds him lying on the floor. When David awakens, he recalls Hook knocking him out and then sees the Hook is missing from his desk drawer. It was nice of Hook to introduce David to his true love, the floor. So kind of him. He's an obliging guy, Hook. He was like, I think you two would be friends. Meet my friend Floor. (laughs) Ain't she a beaut? (laughs) Mary Margaret gives him the more urgent news of Regina working with Cora to find the dagger. They discuss the possible intentions for doing so, such as using it to control Mr. Gold or stealing the Dark One's powers. David picks up the phone to call Mr. Gold himself, but Mary Margaret says she already tried and no one is answering the phone. She hatches up a plan to put some doubt in Regina regarding Cora. We then return to New York City, where Neil is excitedly leading Henry around and takes him to his favorite pizza place. Neil has been in Henry's life for like
1: two minutes, and he's already basically the best dad in this show. True facts.
0: Emma pauses outside with Mr. Gold, wondering if they should follow. Mr. Gold shakes his head, saying if they were welcome... An invitation would have been extended. I love that
2: though they are not welcome, Emma and Gold are like two security dogs watching their respective sons, like, I will never take my eyes off of you again.
0: Emma is also longing for pizza in her heart. I can tell. She wishes she could be there having pizza with her son. So do I. <laughs> you long for that pizza? I do. Mr. Gold remarks that their common ground has been found, and Emma admits that her lying to Henry has caught up with her. Mr. Gold reassures her that he will forgive her in time, but says he and Neil have a much longer way to go. Mr. Gold tries to get Emma to convince Neil to come back to Storybrooke. Emma reminds him that she was in his debt to fulfill only one favor and no more. He presents her with the alternative scenario that Henry will run away to New York to stay with Neil. Emma counters that ultimately, Neil will let Henry down. It will be a hard lesson for Henry to learn but Emma is stubbornly confident that Henry will realize Emma lied to protect him. Oh, Emma, Emma, Emma. Mr. Gold observes that Emma is beginning to sound like Regina, as she likely lied to protect herself from getting hurt again. Emma insists that it's not happening. Mr. Gold persists that Emma wants a second chance with Neil. Stammering, Emma asks what makes Gold think that. Smugly, he replies, the look on your face
2: oh the look that he gives her the oh honey look it's mm, chef's kiss priceless i love this scene love it you know i love all the scenes between uncle stiltskin and emma he's all you love my son you too and i love that he ships
0: Swanfire. it's great it's great yeah, it's a good ship it's a great ship i know and he's probably just like emma's one of the only people i actually respect so actually he's probably the only person I'd ship, ship with my son. Probably. Yeah. Probably
1: the only person that he would like deem even remotely good enough for his son because she's one of the only people he can tolerate.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Emma is unable to respond and the conversation is cut short by the reappearance of Neil and Henry coming out of the pizza parlor. Henry asks Emma if they can go back to Neil's apartment to fetch a camera and take photos at the museum. She agrees to this request and asks him if he liked his pizza. Bluntly, Henry said it was delicious, cheesy, and doesn't lie, showing he still has not forgiven Emma for not telling him about the meal. Sick burn on Emma, Henry. Damn, kid. Savage. Well, now we know where he gets his wicked burns from. Sick pizza burn. Back in Storybrook, Regina arrives at Granny's diner and sits in a booth across from Mary Margaret. She asks if Henry is okay, and Mary Margaret affirms he is. But amidst the real reason for calling her to the diner was to talk about something else. Mary Margaret brings up Regina's plan with Cora to find Mr. Gold's dagger. Regina states it's none of her business, but Mary Margaret pushes the subject. She wants to give Regina one last chance to choose the side of good. Scoffing. Regina says she was always good, and it wasn't until Mary Margaret added the evil to her name that everything changed. And that's why
1: you're getting your mommy a dagger to murder your enemies with?
0: You know, speaking
2: as someone who worked in PR for half a decade, I mean, it sounds like Regina just needs to have better public relations. Also, Snow, why? Why? Why you do this to me, Demi? Like, why?
0: (laughs) Don't tell her you know. Did you
1: just quote The Exorcist? I did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Are you
1: proud of me? I, I, I am. I am. I'm also deeply surprised that you've seen The Exorcist. Oh yeah, no, I
2: used to be into horror films when I was younger.
1: I oh, just, don't. It just it's went away.
2: Yeah, my tolerance for them suddenly went completely kaput.
1: Interesting.
0: Why would you tell her that you know everything? She's mom and Regina. She's just like, I know what you're doing. You should <sighs> not do true. it. She yeah. is moming her. That is her want. She's like, it works on Emma. Because <laughs> she's done that to Emma a few times. I know what you're doing. You That's were like running Snow- away. That's Snow's default mode as she goes into mo- mom mode. Yeah, she's mom. Yeah. She's mom and Regina. She's she's showing her cards to try to make a power move. Like Like, I know what you're doing don't do it (laughs) it's a gamble that unfortunately does not pay off (laughs) spoiler alert
1: i mean i think everyone
0: kind of figured that out curious about her motives mary margaret asks regina why she would revert to her old ways after trying so hard angrily regina notes it only got her dinner with a bunch of hypocrites who never believed she could change well, Regina,
1: maybe if you didn't make lasagna with chili flakes, that dinner would have gone better, you psychopath. It's called flavor, Lynn. And remember that lasagna
2: casserole dish
0: was completely. Yeah, empty. they ate it all. They ate and that shit up. Red pepper flakes are really good in red sauce. They're delicious in red sauce. They don't belong in lasagna. Arabiata sauce. Yum-yum. I don't make lasagna with arabiata sauce, but it'd be tasty. I mean, your lasagna is really tasty too.
1: I was gonna say, I'm sorry, are you critiquing my lasagna? No,
0: I love your lasagna. I'm just saying that are, a are spicy you, lasagna you could to also use be tasty. lasagna privileges? No. no lasagna's oh. going
1: back on the
2: pole. Lasagna's oh. going back on the pole.
0: To each their own lasagnas. I haven't to had their, their lasagna, own lasagna in over a year. To each their own lasagna friends. Because I haven't made lasagna
1: since we were living with your parents. That's true. Because part of the reason I used to make lasagna so much was because your
0: mom would be like, Maybe Lynn could make lasagna tonight. Exactly. So our, our four Very months. Very subtly. With them, <laughs> our four months with them early pandemic days were full of much lasagna.
1: Because lasagna. Ellen really liked my lasagna, so she would just very subtly be like, "And I mean, your lasagna is delicious, babe." If if Lynn wanted to make lasagna tonight, I I mean, I wouldn't be mad at it.
2: <laughs> How can you make lasagna in one night?
1: Now, mine's, mine's a pretty, the one I really got married to is a pretty easy piece of lasagna recipe, so it doesn't take as long as some other ones do. You
0: married lasagna. Oh, we can't get married now. You already married lasagna.
1: Three months to get a divorce, I guess. I, I hope the lasagna
2: will grant you a
1: divorce. amicably i guess technically the lasagna is dead now because i ate it so
0: oh my god no i understand just how bell feels now learning that rumpelstiltskin killed his first wife mm, she just know. shrugged and accepted it so <laughs>
1: I mean, except you helped in this, in this case, you helped me eat my ex. Yeah, you're,
2: yeah, I was just gonna say you are, uh, complicit.
1: Yeah. Wait, no. You're an accessory to murder. You're an accessory. There was not a single lasagna I've made that you haven't eaten. Are lives a Hannibal episode? Oh! Everything's a Hannibal episode, if you believe...
2: You <laughs> know how that works since you two are vegetarians or
1: pescatarians. If you just believe enough, Mads Mickelson will show up and that's throw some water. That's true. Sweater. Welcome to the show that's now, I guess, about Hannibal. It's always been about Hannibal. This has always oh. been a Hannibal episode. Maybe no. the Hannibal was the friends we made <laughs> along the way. Oh, jeez. <laughs>
0: oh, no. Guess what? chicken butt. Before leaving, Regina warns Mary <laughs> Margaret she's giving her a chance <laughs> to stay out of her way. As a last resort, Mary Margaret tries to convince Regina that Cora doesn't care about her or Henry.
1: I hear you try not to laugh about chicken
0: butt still. (laughs) Mary Margaret says that it's only power she wants. Sarcastically, Regina wonders what she would know about mothers, hinting at the fact that Mary Margaret grew up without one. In the Enchanted Forest of the past, the royal physician tends to a bedridden Ava. Snow White is anxious over her mother's current state and asks the doctor what is wrong, though he has no idea. Queen Ava still has her high heels on, in bed, and I think they should have at least made her comfortable. This poor woman is dying and no one has put her into comfy clothes. Is it bad that
1: her giant platform mid-2010s shoes really brought me the hell out of this scene? Because they absolutely did. Yes,
0: I d- hyper fixated on them the entire time. Because I'm like, like, here's
1: this lavish fantasy scene, and here's these very much you bought them at Forever Twenty One.
0: Yeah, and <laughs> there's so, platform heels. They're so obvious here, and then there's a scene towards the end where she's also laid out on something. Spoiler alert! Still in those damn shoes, and I just hyper fixated on them every time you can see them.
1: No, it's it's very distracting. I'm like, this is supposed to be high fantasy, and I remember buying shoes that looked almost exactly like that for fifteen ninety nine dollars at Forever 21, 10 years ago.
0: <laughs> no, her shoes would fit right in with the, the Blue Fairy's uh, clear platform.
1: Oh my God, her, oh, the, yes. the freaking Blue Fairy shoes drive me nuts every time we see them because they're the really tacky, clear platform, open toe stripper shoes. And I'm like, why? Why did you make this wardrobe choice? It drives me nuts every time.
0: That's why Queen Ava and the Blue Fairy are friends.
1: Because they both wear platform shoes?
0: Yeah, they go shopping together. Maybe they went clubbing together back in the day.
1: At least Queen Avas are cuter. Like, they're distracting in the sense of a fantasy scene, but at least they are cuter. At least they're cuter. They're not offensive shoes. No, Blue Fairy shoes are like, why are these plastic ass shoes here?
0: 2013, I see myself wearing those shoes. I had huge The red ones, right? The red ones, yeah. Oh no,
1: you did. And I remember you and me and my mother went to a Rufus Wainwright concert and you insisted on wearing these ridiculous like (laughs) six inch high, red high heels and we have to cross the street and Elisa just is acting like Bambi learning how to use (laughs) his legs and she's trying to cross the street and my mother has to come like help her like she's like
0: an old lady or something. This is the second time I felt like Belle this episode. (laughs) She too has those struggles. Walking in their big old shoes across the really bad road. I mean, why you wore them to this is still
1: beyond me. They looked cute. You almost ate shit in the middle of a Monterey crosswalk. I regretted okay, it. Okay,
2: okay, 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 okay. I'm coming in. I'm stopping the domestic.
1: <laughs> we have just a few more months before you two walk down the aisle. Please, please don't remind me of how little time we have. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I have so much that needs to get done before the wedding happens and I've been panic spiraling all week <laughs>
0: While Snow White tries to comfort Ava at her bedside, the doctor notifies Joanna to get King Leopold to hurry home soon. Worthless King Leopold. He sucks. Snow tells her mother that they can cancel the ball and have the celebration once she gets better. But Ava doesn't want her daughter's day to be spoiled and insists it will go on as planned. Snow tells her mother that she does not care about her birthday, all she cares about is her mother. Suddenly, Eva begins having a violent coughing fit, which causes Joanna to whisk a tearful Snow White out of the room. As the two walk through the palace, Snow White asks if her mother will survive. In fright, she cries and seeks solace in Joanna's arms. Joanna comforts her with an alternate idea to medicine, magic. She instructs Snow White to find her mother's confidant, a fairy that can grant a wish as long as her heart is true. Believing her heart is true, Snow White further questions Joanna on how to do it. Joanna directs her attention to the night sky and states she must go out into the woods to wish upon the blue star to reach the fairy.
2: Oh, good. The fucking blue fairy. Fabulous. Knew it. It's those shoes. With them shoes. Oh my God, shoes.
0: We then return to Manhattan, where Henry cheerfully asks Mr. Gold if he should call him Grandpa now. Grumpily, Mr. Gold mutters that Henry is welcome to call him whatever he likes. Grumble, a, grumble, grumble,
2: grumble. grumble, <laughs> grumble, grumble. This is adorable, and you are ruining it for me, writers and director. Do,
1: don't, don't do it. Don't do it. I swear to gods. He's so rude to my sweet boy in this scene. He says it's so mean. I'm like, hey, man, don't be a jerk to Henry. He's excited to have a grandpa. Even if it's a crazy murder, grandpa. Maybe he's
0: more excited that it's a crazy murder grandpa. I was just going to say. I
1: mean, he rolls chaotic neutral, so maybe he's
0: like, "Ha my granddad's killed so many people. Awesome. (laughs) Awkwardly, Emma and Neil walk side by side behind them. Neil tries to make conversation, saying he is trying his best. Emma admits they all are. She tells him that they must go back to their home, and he should come with them too. She states that his apartment looks like he doesn't have much to stay for. Neil says... Looks can be deceiving. Neil then turns to her, desiring to reveal something important when Henry cuts into the conversation by asking if they can go on the subway. Neil refocuses on Henry, and when the group returns to Neil's apartment, he and Henry go back up to the apartment to retrieve the camera, while Mr. Gold and Emma wait for them in the lobby. Mr. Gold asks her about Neil coming with them to Storybrooke, and Emma repeats the it's complicated line Neil gave her, saying Neil might need some time. Suddenly, from behind, the apartment complex door bursts open, and before either of them can react, Hook runs into the lobby and stabs Mr. Gold in the chest with his hook. If
2: ever there was a scene that encapsulated,
0: surprise, motherfucker, it would be this. Hook bursting through the front door of the New York apartment building and just stabbing Mr. Gold was hilarious to me. It was just so out of left. And I was not expecting it, even though I've seen this episode before, and it really made me giggle.
1: Yeah. Oh my god, I just sat through this part going, "How did Hook get here so fast? Did he take a bus? Did he pole vault? What? I'm so damn confused. Like, even when they were like, "Oh, he took the Jolly Roger," I was like, "Okay, sure, Jan." (laughs) (laughs) His rage
0: fueled him. Like, I feel like,
1: I feel like it's the scene in Emperor's New Groove where it's like, wait. How did they make it here before us? By all accounts, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> That's
0: just, like, what I felt like. <laughs> just like cartoon ran across the map. It's like in yeah, the, with the a Muppet little, like, movie. Track, yeah. Tracks appearing on the map. Mm-hmm. It's in the Muppet movie when they're like, How are we gonna get there? We only have so little time. And they're like, Oh, we'll travel, we'll travel by, by map. By map, of course. And it shows like the little line on the map. Mm-hmm. Why was this scene so funny? I don't, I don't <laughs> know, but it really
1: was, and it, it was really fi- was. It, like file this under once upon a time scenes. That shouldn't have been funny, but they were. Yeah, because it should be a very serious scene. You know, a man's getting stabbed. stabbed but
0: you're just like, <laughs> <But> you're just <laughs> what? like, what the fuck? How did you? Where did you come from? <laughs> How did from? we get here?
1: <laughs> How did you get in? What is happening? Surprise, motherfucker! I feel like this is definitely a time <laughs> that the writers were just like, we need to get hooked here. Should we have like a transition that makes it make sense? <laughs> no, or should we just be like burst through that door? Yeah, should we just, just
2: or should we literally do the Dexter meme? Surprise, yeah, motherfucker. Basically,
1: <laughs> they were like, it'll take too long. Just throw him in, I guess. <laughs> like, ah, ah, quality plot development at its finest. <laughs> Raise a glass to you. <laughs> a, la, a la Leo.
0: <laughs> Venomously, Hook reminds Mr. Gold of how he took away Mila from him, and now his life will be taken as penance. As Hook raises his hook to inflict the final blow, Emma grabs a garbage can and smashes it over his head, rendering him unconscious.
1: Emma smash honestly this whole fucking scene is hilarious <laughs> it
0: <laughs> really it
2: is, is so uh, cartoony it's very yeah, like
1: it's very whoop, 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 it's whoop, 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 whoop. extremely Looney tunes <laughs> her then grabbing the damn trash can is just like oh my god how <laughs> vaudevillian is this gonna get before this scene ends
2: <laughs> I know you know oh my god Elisa we should absolutely 100% like take this clip and then put like Old timey ragtime, kind of like you know what I'm saying, like Nick Nickelodeon music over it.
1: <laughs> At the very least, yackety sacks.
2: And then like make it like kind of black and white, and then put it up on Instagram. <laughs> it's,
0: it's just it's, so, so good. It, it's
1: cartoonish is the best word for it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> Neil hears the commotion and runs down from his apartment. He recognizes Hook, much to Emma's surprise, but ignores him to focus on his father's profusely bleeding chest wound. Emma's eyes, like, momentarily pop out of her head for a moment. She's like, what? Both hot men in my life who I am very angry at know each other? How dare they? How dare. How dare they? They then take Mr. Gold up to the apartment to try and stop the bleeding. Emma mentions locking Stab Happy Pirate in a storage room until further notice. After finding Hook's map, she realizes that he sailed his invisibility-cloaked ship to New York. When Henry walks up to Mr. Gold, he expresses concern for his newfound grandpa. Even so, Mr. Gold blames Henry for bringing them to New York and pushes him away like a big old jerk. I said knock
1: it off. I'd
0: no like this. Yo, fuck off, Gold. I don't care you were stabbed and poisoned. That doesn't mean you can be mean to Henry. I have zero tolerance policy for mean words directed at Henry. He's such a
1: butt to him in this episode. And as captain of the Protect Henry Committee, I will not stand for this horseshit. Mm -mm. Also, how is any of this Henry's fault?
0: It's not. He he grabs him and he's all like, it's all because you wanted to come back to this apartment. Like, okay, dude, chill. Dude, (laughs) like you would have had to go back there anyway to like get Neil's stuff. Like, calm your butt. Confused, Henry backs away and then is tasked by Emma to find a charger. Neil and Emma notice blood oozing from Mr. Gold's chest as well as something else, which Mr. Gold himself says is poison. The only way to save him is to go back to Storybrooke as soon as possible with the fastest route being Hook's ship. Neil offers to captain it, to Mr. Gold and Emma's surprise. Aw, sweet bay.
1: Hey, Neil, that's real hot, though. It is. Totally him just hot. being like, I can captain it. It was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I bet you can. I bet you can. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Meanwhile... Back in Storybrooke, David and Mary Margaret meet with Mother Superior, who notices that dark magic has been expelled and agrees to do whatever is necessary to help. David informs her of Regina and Cora's plan to find Mr. Gold's dagger, and Mary Margaret asks if her magic can find it first. Yeah, sorry, Mary Margaret, I, I don't think she's actually going to be helpful. When is Never she ever? Gave
1: you that idea? Certainly not her track record of being completely useless. <laughs>
0: She was like, Oh yeah, I felt dark magic. And I'm like, Yeah, Cora's been spouting dark magic everywhere for like for fucking days, days, days now. Yeah, it's, now. It's 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 the
1: Willy Wonka meme. It's what are you new? Where were you <laughs> when she
0: was like posing as Regina and killing people and turning people into fish? Like where were you when the giant was
2: all smashy smash? I know. Now,
1: Mother Superior. Mother Superior detects dark magic like I feel like in the way that Karen from Mean Girls can predict the weather. It's, <laughs> or- it's, it, there's a there's a seventy five percent chance that it is already raining. <laughs> she's standing in the downpour yeah
0: or the 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 one gem in steven universe oh that who has, has oh like, my god delayed
1: future vision delayed so like right after visions. everything right like after her. a thing
0: happens she's just like steven will come <laughs> into the
1: room excitedly and he's all just like standing there looking at her
0: <laughs> yeah that's that's mother superior that is definitely mother superior and everyone's just
1: all like yeah bud no. we, know, we know good job <laughs> like oh she's trying i guess
2: are we sure that like her real Enchanted Forest form wasn't trusty from Lady and the
0: Tramp? <laughs> <laughs> it could be. It could be. I mean, a lot of these characters- Except that trusty are... <laughs>
1: was way more helpful. It's true. But as we've noticed in Once Upon a Time, they often combine characters. That's so. true. That's true. So maybe.
0: I mean, look how many people Mr. Gold is. Look how oh many people God.
1: Regina is. Look how many people Cora is. Yeah, they're just like, they're each like a whole fucking hat full of characters. So who knows? Maybe she was also from Lady and the Tramp. Mm-hmm, yeah. mm-hmm. Who knows? Who knows? There's no laws
0: here. It's the Wild West. Uh. <laughs> Back in the Enchanted Forest of the Past, in the woods near the palace, Snow White has trouble telling which star is the blue star Joanna told her about. It's the blue one. <laughs> the blue fairy appears anyway, though Snow White doesn't understand how that's possible when she hasn't made her wish yet. The Blue Fairy wistfully says she could sense it and can tell her mother is sick. Snow White pleads for the Blue Fairy to use magic to save her mother. Though the Blue Fairy says there is no way to prevent a death, she lets Snow White in on the secret of using dark magic in the form of a magical candle. The candle can give life to one person, but another's life must be sacrificed for it to work. Conflicted, Snow White is torn between following her own morals or being selfish. In the end, she can't go through with taking away someone else's life and refuses to light the candle. Oh, please. The Blue Fairy is never this transparent in her fuckery. Healing magic being dark magic is kind of fucked up though, but it's also a concept that has popped up in, in media over the years. I know there's been a lot of discussion about if healing magic is actually a form of necromancy. and I, I think it's like it's classified as such in some tabletop RPGs, actually. I mean, as someone who's played a cleric in
1: D&D for multiple years, depends on the spell. Some are totally counted as necromancy. Yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. I see, I see, what, they're, I see what they're getting at here. In, not- in some ways, healing oh. is
0: tantamount to raising the dead. So yeah. Back in Manhattan, Neil texts someone to get a car so they have a way to get Mr. Gold to the ship. Emma asks him how he knows Hook, and Neil reveals this land was not the first world he stopped in on his way to this one. Also mentioning that had that not happened, he would have been a couple hundred years older than now.
1: I mean, looks good for a couple hundred years old.
0: I know. Emma's look on her face is just like, oh, God.
2: Information overload.
0: I knew you were a little older than me, but God damn it. <laughs> like, shit, no. We are a problematic ship. Oh, no. Oh, my God. You really are so much older. Than me. <laughs> God damn it. I didn't think we were talking centuries. <laughs> <laughs> Henry walks in and shows Emma a text from David and Mary Margaret. Emma tells Mr. Gold the bad news of Cora and Regina searching for his dagger. She asks him the location of it so David and Mary Margaret can nab it first. He is wary about letting anyone know where the dagger is, but Emma assures him he can trust them because they are family. And I was so distracted in this scene because the wound infection special effects makeup on Gold is all yellow and it's just like a bunch of fake pus and it's disgusting.
2: So oh, it's actually the poison itself that's yellow because that is a nod to the original poison Captain Hook carries on him in Peter and Wendy. You may recall it as the poison in which Tink drinks to save Peter's stupid life.
0: All right. I appreciate
2: the reference, <laughs> but it still looked gross. All right. I'm just going to focus on the fact that Emma said they're family and that just like, it just makes them look the warm and
0: fuzzies. But and <laughs> now all I'm
1: thinking is clap. Clap, don't let Tink
0: die. Clap, don't don't let let Rumpel die. die. (laughs) Clap, clap, clap. don't let Rumpel die. (laughs) Meanwhile, in Storybrooke, outside of the pawn shop, Mother Superior uses her wand to weaken the spell placed on the building, but to no avail. The wand starts overheating to the point she drops it. Mary Margaret asks Mother Superior if she can use dark magic since it's the only way to stop Cora from getting the dagger. She recalls the time the Blue Fairy gave her the candle in the woods and hints at it, but Mother Superior is puzzled and doesn't recall such a thing. I love the look that Mother
2: Superior gives Snow like, Bitch, are you high?
0: She <laughs> is truly
1: gobsmacked by it. <laughs> and she's like, what the fuck? What? I, did, <gasps> what? I did what?
2: <laughs> I
0: think you were smoking some enchanted weed. <laughs> a few seconds later... David gets a call from Emma, revealing the dagger's hiding place. We then return to the past, where Snow White is hurrying back to the palace. Collapsing at her mother's side, she apologizes for not taking the blue fairy's candle and for being so weak. Averb's proud of her for remaining strong and doing the right thing by not killing someone to save her life, which shows her strength. Furthermore, Ava breaks to her daughter gently that she has reached a point beyond her ability to get better. She remarks that Snow will make a great queen in the future. Ava promises she will never truly leave Snow White as long as there is goodness in her heart. Succumbing to her illness, Ava passes away peacefully. This scene is so similar to the scene with Cinderella's mother's passing in 2015's Cinderella. Except in that case, it's Haley Atwell dying, so I'm 100 percent more invested and sad because I love Haley Atwell so much.
1: But like, yo, what the fuck is Snow's gross, worthless father doing during all this, other than being gross and worthless?
0: Yeah, he's he's being gross and worthless. That's
1: exactly yeah.
2: What I been. guess they like made a mention of like calling for the king, like to yeah. But they him were also
1: back. like tell him to hurry back, and it's just like he didn't. So, bitch, where is you, basically? Yeah. Spoiler alert, he did not, in fact, hurry back.
0: Mm -hmm. In the present-day storybook, Mary Margaret and David climb the steps to the very top of the clock tower. David reaches at the minute-long hand of the clock face and pulls out the dagger. Mary Margaret rejoices at having beat Regina and Cora, but it is a short-lived victory. Regina and Cora materialize in front of them and demand her to hand over the dagger. Mary Margaret tells Regina she should have chosen good because it has won but Cora summons Joanna to the clock tower to use her as leverage. Triumphant, Cora asserts it is not good or evil that wins, but power. To prove this, Regina reaches into Joanna's chest to remove her heart. Poor Joanna, she doesn't deserve this.
2: All Mrs. Patmore ever did was bake some delicious damn
0: food for the Crowleys. Oh, it is her. Yeah. Oh, now I'm I'm sad. I apparently get really attached to one-off characters who just are nice and then die horribly. Unspoiler. <laughs> I mean,
1: <laughs> Oops. I don't understand what's happening.
0: Uh, down to Abbey. Na- oh,
1: that would explain it. I've never seen a single episode of it. Oh, it's good. I know people love it.
2: Yeah, I am. I am. Pe- I am people.
1: <laughs> I know my mother loves it. Anyway, thank you for thank you for explaining. Because I was like, I don't, I don't.
2: I, I know it's usually you. me who doesn't get the reference.
1: How how do you feel?
2: I I feel empowered. Do you feel feel powerful
1: that I'm the one who's not in the know right now?
2: I am drunk with power right now. (laughs) I mean, power
0: always wins. It does. We learned that from Korra. Yep. Back in the enchanted forest, it is the day of Ava's funeral. Dressed in her mourning clothes, Snow White stands in front of the mirror while Joanna takes out Ava's tiara. Joanna affirms the kingdom needs Snow White to show strength in her time of grief and the princess accepts the tiara. Snow White places it on her head and for a moment smiles at her mother's previous statement about the tiara's heaviness, which she now knows to be true. At the funeral ceremony, Snow White walks in and conveys grace and respect and approaches the bier where her mother is laid to rest. The kingdom stands in the palace mourning the loss of their queen. To Ava, she whispers, I miss you so much and places a snowdrop flower on her mother's chest. When Snow White kneels down before her, everyone else in attendance does the same. Time passes, but Snow White stays transfixed until Joanna approaches her and tells her it is over. For real,
1: where is her shitty dad? It's beyond fucked up that this literal child had to do all of this on her own. Yeah, he doesn't show. He doesn't show. doesn't show. I guess one thing in this show that is consistent is that he is a piece of crap.
0: That King Leopold is a piece of crap. He can
1: always be trusted to be awful and disappointing. As the two
0: walk out of the palace, what looks to be the blue fairy flies towards Ava's corpse. Upon approaching Ava, she transforms into Korra while expressing disdain at the fairy's outfit. And I'm like, me too, Korra. You may be an evil, evil lady, but I do agree on the Blue Fairy's outfit being not great, which I know we've already talked about at length in many other episodes, but still worth repeating.
1: Yeah, she is spot on about that. The Blue Fairy's outfit is goddamn awful. And as far as evil as Cora is, her fashion choices are pretty much always on
0: fleek.
2: Hell exactly. yeah.
0: Yeah. She's she's terrible, but you'll you, you love but to look at her. But not terribly dressed, finger no. guns. Hey. <laughs> She walks up to Ava, and declares poison looks good on her, and that death is certainly her color. Cora then takes the snowdrop flower off of Ava's body and inhales the scent of it. Speaking to the deceased queen, Cora admits Ava raised Snow White well, though Cora admits she does not get the same kind of love from her own daughter. She laments Snow White would have made a great ruler, but instead, her daughter will rule the kingdom and all Snow White will be left with is knowing how it feels to be the Miller's daughter. Cora remarks the candle will not be Snow White's only test, as further challenges will turn her soul black and destroy Ava's legacy. As a farewell gesture, Cora touches her fingers to her lips and places them on Ava's.
1: <laughs> oh my god, that was the creepiest laugh I've ever heard. <laughs> I was like, who is this 90-year-old man? It me.
2: It me. I'm the 90-year-old goblin.
1: Oh, oh no. dear God. any <laughs> uh, uh, <Eddie> hoodle. <laughs> If you don't if you don't have the context of later episodes, <laughs> this scene is very gay, I'm just saying.
0: It's true. I thought that too. I thought that too. I was just like, "Huh." Cuz if didn't you don't know what if was you going don't on. know.
1: Yeah, if you don't know, it's more like, "Oh, are you like her jilted ex?"
0: <gasps> yeah. I can totally read like oh, that. I,
1: I Cuz yeah, you could right. definitely take it in the like if I can't have you, no one no can. One so yeah, I told you that's
0: true. Thing. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. Which I mean, someone wrote it. It's out there. They're There's both a pretty. I'm
1: okay with it.
2: Yeah, they're age appropriate.
1: It. Yeah. W- I mean, they, they would have <laughs> made an attractive looking couple. I'm not yeah. mad at
0: it. Might be a power couple. Might be a yeah. power couple.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. In present day Storybrooke, at the clock tower, Cora tries to get the dagger from Mary Margaret. David pulls out a gun and Regina warns her. So she magically flings it out of his hands. Regina continues to squeeze Joanna's heart in her hands. And Cora tells Mary Margaret she will follow her mother's example. At those words, Mary Margaret realizes it was not the Blue Fairy who gave her the candle all those years ago, but Cora. She comes to the horrific conclusion that her mother wasn't sick, but poisoned by Cora. Cora admits she did it so her own daughter could be queen instead. This surprises Regina, but she says nothing and continually squeezes Joanna's heart. Despite being in an excruciating pain, Joanna shouts for Mary Margaret not to surrender the dagger. Cora pressures Mary Margaret to give her what she wants if she doesn't want to lose in another important person. Falling on her knees, Mary Margaret drops the dagger. It flies up at Cora, who catches it with ease. Uh,
2: you guys, why? Because
0: Joanna is a nice lady and they wanted to save her. I had Joanna for five minutes and I wanted to give her a hug.
1: It's because these two miserable women are hell-bent on making Snow White's life bad. Even though, for the most part, she hadn't practically done anything to either of them. And it's just the two of them wounding each other for years. But hey, every asshole abuser needs a scapegoat, I guess. Yeah, and Snow White's such a pretty one. Yeah, she's a very pretty goat. (laughs) fat. Bah, but a pretty ba. Make all the boy goats go wah.
0: She found her shepherd. Oh,
1: you made it cute. <laughs> I'm stupid, <laughs> but you made it cute. You made it so
0: cute. What's not cute is what happens next, because oh, no. Regina inserts the heart back into Joanna. She's safe from harm, and Joanna begins making her way over to Mary Margaret, who is awaiting her with open arms. But Joanna is suddenly flung out of the clock face by Cora. Her body lands on the street below as Mary, Margaret, and David look on in shock. Regina taunts this as being what good will get her. As she and Cora disappear in a puff of smoke, Mary Margaret dissolves into sobs and collapses in David's arms at the unexpected tragedy. Cora, you dick. Poor Joanna. She was just a nice lady. Also during the scene, like 50 emotions pass on Regina's face when the reveal about Cora killing the queen comes up. And I'm pretty sure it translates to like, oh shit, I'm probably just one wrong move of sassy back talking at my mom before she poisons me or throws me out a window too. And I'm like, yeah, Regina, duh. Cora's only thing she actually loves is, is, is power and also murder. She loves power and murder. She, like, thinks she kind of loves you a lot, but she, she'd throw you out that window, too.
1: I mean, hasn't she emotionally already done that 20 times?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Cora and Regina return to the mayoral office with the dagger in tow. Regina is glad to be out of hiding, while Cora likes what she's done with the place, but notices her daughter's disturbed expression. Regina is upset at never being told about the history she shared with Snow White's mother. Cora wanted to spare her the burden of knowing but Regina expresses a desire to have known what it took for her to become queen. In a flashback, Regina recalls the day Chorus set her up a riding lesson for her and her horse's name I can't say, please say it, Chell.
2: Rosanate.
0: Thank you. In doing so, she had the excuse to go riding, but also secretly met up with Daniel at the stables. Remembering how Snow White's horse went wild, and the timing was perfect so Regina herself could save her. She grows suspicious of why her mother needs the dagger if her being queen is what she wanted. Regina wonders how they will use it to get Henry back if David and Mary Margaret are aware they have the dagger. Cora strokes the dagger, telling Regina soon Emma, David, and Mary Margaret will be nothing more than a memory when Mr. Gold is back.
2: All of these are excellent questions and observations that Regina perhaps could have thought about and reflected upon, you know, before.
1: <laughs> Much yeah. like the hole she dug. Yeah. Much
2: like the hole. <laughs> Much like it's the like hole. while you're digging yourself a hole there, Regina. You could have is-
1: ruminated all
2: this. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say, you could you should just go ahead and save yourself the time and just lie down in that dirt and just think about scoop
1: it, scoop it on over yourself. <laughs> scoop it on
2: over, <laughs> just ha- take a little nap and hibernate and really ponder why mom is doing all of this
0: (laughs) yeah there's a great silent moment in the scene when Cora sits down at the mayor's desk Mm -hmm. and you can see like in Regina's face being like number one like that that's my seat what are you doing Mm -hmm. and the number two like this like then resignation like of course she's she's sitting in that seat because she always she always has the power. That's that's not my seat anymore. Yeah. As a it's a nice little silent silent acting moment there. I mean she had three plus hours to think about the
1: shit when she was digging that Dig- goddamn yeah, hole is all hole. I'm saying.
0: <laughs> in New York, Neil and Emma walk swiftly through the streets and she asks him about helping Mr. Gold. He is unwilling to sit by and leave his father to die. When they find a car, Emma believes he is going to hotwire it but he grabs the keys. He says it belongs to a friend who coincidentally runs up to greet him. She reveals herself to be Tamara to Emma and Neil tells Emma he is engaged to her. Holy shit, it's
2: Captain Michael Burnham. Captain on the bridge, y'all.
0: I have to completely reassess all my tomorrow feelings now, because she. No, a- you don't. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I've how I'm feeling seeing her right now because she's Michael, and I love her. And I was so happy to see her this time around because I just love this actress so much.
1: I know. I too had the "oh shit, girlfriend is here" moment because Michael. I love Michael, and I had to remind myself that she's not as awesome on this show. She's still really pretty, though.
0: So pretty. So pretty. So pretty.
1: You can't, you can't see because it's an audio medium, but we, we, salute, we salute our captain. Mm-hmm.
0: Mary Margaret places one of Joanna's snowdrop flowers on her recently dug grave. David tells her she did the best she could, but Mary Margaret ignores this. She looks up at Regina's family mausoleum and says that it has been left untouched. David tries to reason with her. But she explains that after holding on to goodness her whole life, it has only taken lives. He insists Cora wants her to lose faith in who she is as a person. Mary Margaret brings up the times her kindness has backfired. Namely, stopping Regina's execution, sending Emma through the magic wardrobe, and letting her mother die instead of save her life. David believes they have time to get the dagger back. But Mary Margaret says instead of other people changing, she must change and announces her plan to kill Cora. And okay. credits. Dun, dun, dun. Snow's friendship with goodness and kindness is over. Now murder is Snow's only <laughs> friend. <laughs> this is a pretty good episode. It's not one of my favorites or anything, but it's an interesting one. Mm-hmm. I remember on first watch, I had a few like genuine moments of shock, like Joanna going through the window, Hook's wild appearance, which (laughs) actually surprised me again this time because I forgot
1: about
0: it. Yeah. The blue fairy or, you know, Cora as the blue fairy trying to get Snow to do a murder. This one got kind of dark and things are about to get even darker, y'all. Also, I just realized poor Snow White just lost another person she loves on her birthday. This poor woman is never going to like her birthday. It'll just always always be a day of mourning and her charming's wedding is also tainted because their real wedding was when charming's mom died these two can't have a nice holiday
1: no they have a shit awful streak of luck these two
0: this is sad
2: and the day that their baby was born is the day they gave her up
0: it's the day they gave her up and charming almost died charming well he did die yeah basic Mm -hmm. yeah dang yeah give give snowing a nice day I hope they have like a happy uh, Arbor Day or something. <laughs> Arbor Day. <laughs> Arbor Day. <laughs> Nothing bad will happen on Arbor Day. <laughs> We're
1: just
2: gonna plant some fucking snowdrops.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, all this episode is to me
2: is a roadblock to the next episode.
1: <laughs> oh, I know, honey. <laughs> <laughs> you've been you've been chomping at the bit for us to get to the Miller's daughter for like since we started
2: the podcast. Two. Yeah. This yeah.
0: Season two. <laughs>
2: it's okay no 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 this it's it's a fine episode yeah you know it's it's fine
0: it's not bad it's not stellar it has a moment of
1: genuine hilarity it oh does. my god whoop, 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 whoop. it's I mean, not yeah. supposed to be funny but <laughs> no, funny.
0: Hook, hook and yet here i sit Gold, laughing my ass off the pretty funniest much. scene. it's the funniest scene i could watch him just burst through that door being like ah <laughs> every day and then <laughs> get hit with the trash can it's oh, like man.
1: I, I know the intent was not for it to be comical, but
0: someone, someone what,
1: uh, it, it cut the scene to
0: yackety sacks. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> it <laughs> <inaudible> <inaudible> <mumbles> <Do> needs <medo> okay.
1: throw some yakity sacks on that bitch. Oh <laughs> <laughs> man. All right. Uh, let's talk about costumes. I want
2: everything that Mary Margaret wore in this episode. The lavender peacoat and matching scarf and her fuzzy white sweater, which was cashmere. Ugh, all of it in my closet now. Also, Snow's pink birthday dress in the opening scene and her morning dress, which is the pink dress, just black, just in my size. Eduardo, make it happen
1: um uh, not to be that well actually asshole Chell. (laughs) but i think you'll find the morning dress and the pink dress while both flawless are actually quite different the necklines are different as well as the shape of the skirts the pink skirt has a traditional rounded hoop skirt shape whereas the black morning dress is more of a rococo inspiration with a paneer and fitted to the elbow bell sleeves as opposed to puffed princess sleeves like the pink one has Now I can stop being the bro putting one foot up on a park bench and over-explaining things. I stand corrected. Thank you.
0: (laughs) Is next episode my turn to be the um, um-actually asshole? Do do I get to have a turn?
1: You you are welcome to be the um, um-actually asshole whenever you want.
0: Wait, I thought I was supposed to promise in my wedding vows I would never um, um-actually you.
1: Oh, good news. We aren't married yet. Sweet. I have three months to mansplain. Use them well. After that, it's over. Uh, your mansplaining day's end in three months
0: no (laughs) but i agree with both of you baby snow's wardrobe is flawless in this episode the pink dress the gray dress with the what are they called not the hack and slash the other one pain Pain, 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 pain sleeves pain, pain sleeves. Sleeves. that's yeah, right because the, the they're, the the pain pain they're, they're a, a have pain little in the flowers ass flowers on them like the little flower design. that oh so
2: pretty i didn't even notice that one was that the one that she was wearing in the woods
1: that's, that's the one she wears when she runs like i guess she did have it on in the woods but she had the cape over it but then, you oh. see it clearly when she runs in to tell her mother that she didn't use the candle
0: yeah so the last time she goes and sees her mom alive she has this beautiful silver dress on
1: and it has like a cute little hair bow that matches with it that like is a nod to the like the classic disney snow white design with the hair bow.
0: i I'm obsessed with her little wardrobe. So good. You, our 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 friend Eduardo really knocked it out of the park with every everything on Snow this episode. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I mean
1: honestly even in Storybrooke cuz like all her little like duffel coats were super cute. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, the little lavender.
1: I know. Her That's little so her cute. little coat and scarf combos what a cutie
0: i also think queen ava's dress is like a more bejeweled version of one regina wears at one point i i needed to get photos and compare the two it's the velour one that lynn
2: rages against because i thought the same as well it's
1: a very similar silhouette it it honestly just made me think mother gothel but broadway (laughs) it did look very
0: mother gothel but broadway (laughs) but broadway absolutely
1: they gotta be able to see it from the back seats. You gotta put jewels on that <laughs> shit. Yeah.
0: All right. It's
2: time to play Who's That Guest Star? In which we discuss guest stars. In season two, episode 15. We have Leslie Nickel as Johanna. Nickel is best known for her role as Mrs. Patmore, the brassy cook in Downton Abbey. Nickel's other credits include roles on a plethora of shows like The Practice, Black Adder 2, Staying Alive, A Touch of Frost, Shameless. Goldie and the Bear, Beecham House, and Supernatural. Then we have Rena Sofer as Queen Ava. Fans of daytime television will recognize Sofer as Quinn Fuller Forrester on The Bold and the Beautiful, where she has appeared in more than 887 episodes. Get that paycheck, girl. Sofer's other credits include roles on 24, Heroes, NCIS, Just Shoot Me, Milrose Place and General Hospital
0: oh my god heroes that's where I know her from she was Nathan Petrelli's wife right yep uh, I knew she was familiar okay cool oh that's oh, okay okay okay
1: I just kept thinking she reminded me of Demi Moore <laughs>
0: It's time to dig ourselves a hole for three hours down Once Upon a Timeline. (laughs) All right, so it's time to place this episode within the greater timeline of Once Upon a Time. So this episode is our first time seeing Queen Ava, and it's also the youngest we've seen Snow White. We don't really have a clear episode to place before it when it comes to flashbacks. I'd probably just put our general still small voice in front of this one, which we we tend to always go back to. But we definitely have episodes coming with a younger Queen Ava very soon. We won't talk about those yet though. So the flashbacks in this episode show us, obviously, the death of Queen Ava. And the episode with flashbacks that follow relatively soon after these ones are seen in season one, episode 18, The Stable Boy. In fact, we even get flashbacks of the moments directly leading up To Regina saving Snow White on the runaway horse in the stable boy. And we now know this was all a grand plan orchestrated by Cora, which kind of surprised no one, except maybe Regina. Apparently,
2: it's been two years. There's supposed to be two years between Queen Ava's death and Regina.
1: And for all we know, he's been making her ride that damn horse. (laughs) (laughs) It's just like, I'm so tired. It's been two fucking years. I haven't been able to properly grieve my mother because I've just been on a horse. I've been on a horse. And now it's time to share and tell.
0: It's our new
2: segment where each narrator shares something they are playing this week.
0: Yo, so we marathoned the arcane on New Year's, that was so good. I'm not a League of Legends person. I, I know very little about it and it's not really a game that's my, my type of game. I'm a, a RPG person in my heart, but Arcane was rad as heck. That animation was so beautiful.
1: I'm loving nothing. I am in wedding planning hell. Nothing is beautiful and everything
0: hurts. You liked the Arcane though. I did. I love a buff woman. But sometimes stress can overshadow the love of a buff woman. I, I understand.
1: Vi is unfortunately not hot enough to keep my hair from falling out.
0: Damn, sorry, Vi, for that, that sick burn against you.
1: She, she'd understand. She's compassionate.
2: <laughs> well, thanks to Lynn and Elisa's suggestion to play Dream Daddy, which I am now streaming on Twitch at Moon Moon Jamboree. I really like this game. It's very wholesome. And it's a lot of fun. I like my sassy daughter. Amen is the best. Yeah. Well,
1: okay. That was the thing I liked this week. I did enjoy watching you play dream daddy. I did too.
2: Even, even though you were shouting at your fiance to tell me things that she was too that
0: late to tell That she patently
1: me. refused to.
0: I was so, I was, I, I tried so hard to get the message about the, the mall in, and then I didn't actually send it because you already picked no, and I didn't want you to be disappointed about skipping the mall. Uh,
1: okay. But that was like one of the 50 things I told you to say that you did. I
0: know. Lynn is the expert at dating sims.
1: I play I have played a lot of dating sims I enjoy them very much
2: I've been curious about arcane so I'm glad that you mentioned something oh
1: my god it's good and it's really good and like for as much as I'm like wallow 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 no arcane is legitimately good and arcane definitely went lesbians come get your juice (laughs) (laughs) like a few different mouth breathers had commented on the article being like she's patting herself on the back so much pretending she's doing representation but the whole thing's just queer baby so i went into it with like a real like grain of salt because i was like you know i'll believe it when i see it but no it's they they definitely are into each other and it's wonderful i love them it's a good ship it's a good ship i am i'm very into the punch punch butch and her and her tall sniper girlfriend
0: them
1: or tall femme sniper girlfriend
0: god I want to watch more so bad That's I know so in- it's,
1: it's so interesting take forever till we get another season though
0: I know and I know there's more content for these characters out there right because it, it's a prequel to a video game but I, I just don't know if the, I, I just don't think the game's for me I just want
1: more of the show I mean if there's like comics I will well, read, read the comics.
0: comics I'd read comics
1: If I just like and this is coming from someone who does genuinely love to play video games I do not like that style of gameplay. So I do not think I could ever actually play yeah. League of Legends, but
2: what is that what kind of gameplay is it? What's it's five? it's
1: a, it's like a top down. It's a top down? What? It's a oh, top down. Excuse me? It's a yeah, top down. Yeah, you just team versus you whip team. out your tits to play League of Legends. <laughs> no, I mean, no. I would
2: get a lot more Twitch followers
1: if I uh, <laughs> if I did no, that. So it's basically like okay, so a top down is like you you see the whole <laughs> battleground like your god basically, oh. and you have all your little people and you're like clicky clicky go here select yeah, what yeah. they do yeah
0: and it's six it's uh, six players versus six players I believe like competitive fighting that's at least my understanding of League of Legends don't at me I I haven't done that much research I just you know I've seen people play before um, and I just I I personally don't
1: like. Top down, I like it either to be first person style or like third person, where you're kind of just like following behind your person and moving them around. Like omniscient, kind of. Well, I mean, technically top down is because you're like, I have God's view. But I like the style where you're either seeing through the character's eyes. So usually you just see like their hands and their weapon as you're throwing that around.
2: See, that's that to me is very discombobulating because I think I grew up with like the top down.
0: Next time on Once Upon a Rewatch. Cora's desire to replace Rumplestiltskin as the Dark One takes one step closer to becoming reality as she and Regina try to overpower a dying Mr. Gold, while Mary Margaret is once again tempted by dark magic. Meanwhile, in the fairy tale land that was, Rumplestiltskin offers his services to a miller's daughter for a price. When the king calls her bluff and orders her to actually follow through on her boast of being able to spin straw into gold. Thank you for tuning in to Once Upon a Rewatch. We are the Narrators Three. The moral of this episode is maybe have that epiphany before you spend three hours digging that hole. You can find us on
1: anchor.fm Once Upon a Rewatch. Talk fairy tales with us on Twitter at Once Upon Rewatch. On Instagram at Once Upon Rewatch.
2: On Tumblr at Once Upon a rewatch.
1: If you enjoy Once Upon a Rewatch, please leave us a review on Apple
0: Podcasts
1: or on your platform of choice.
0: Our artwork for the podcast was done by Ruru. That's L-A-I-C-H-I-R-U-R-U at twitter.com.
2: This podcast uses material from episode-specific pages on the Once Upon a Time wiki at Fandom and is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike License.
0: And we want to say a very special thank you to the master of free music, Kevin McLeod. Our intro music is Frost Waltz, and our outro music is Fairy Tale Waltz.
2: And remember, all plot devices come with a price.
0: All ships are valid. You guys do you. Yep, if something makes you uncomfortable, trust me, I'm to ship
2: it. Trust me, we are one episode away from me talking about probably the most hated fucking ship. So, and I am, I am, I am, I am gonna stand in front of that firing line.